H-E-L-L-O everyone and welcome back to It's a Wonderful Podcast. Today, as always, I am joined by my beautiful co-host Morgan Robinson and my name is Nolan Dean and today we're going to be talking about Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid as our final introduction into Western Month. Uh, Morgan, how's it for you down there in Manchester, buddy? Well, firstly, I'd just like to say I'm just glad you didn't spell out the entire title of of this movie again. Um, even though you spelled out the word hello, Nolan's spelling bee. It's going to become a thing, I feel. And you know what? I might just roll with it. I might just roll with it. But yeah, it's okay. It's been kind of snowy this week. Oh, do not get me started on the snow. Which, yes, you you do live further north than I do, so Ugh. it is surely even snowier. A lot of ice, is, um, wearing a lot of layers. Ugh. Which can be nice. I do like to wear layers. I know, I know. I do like the snow. I'm a big fan of the snow, but yeah, it's been a little bit snowy in this part of the world this week. Um, however, there's no snow in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, as we... Uh, Found out whilst watching uh, this movie, not not set in snow, even though it is set in Wyoming for quite a bit of it. Yes, and you'll and, be glad uh, to hear that, unlike the last one I picked, I actually like this movie. Yeah, it's very difficult to not like this movie, I think. It's incredibly it fun, is. incredibly well-paced, and I do believe we are inducting a new member into the Mustache Hall and Fame right away. Oh, we certainly are. Should we do that? Right, I think we should do that. We're not even two minutes into the episode. We are going to induct uh, Robert Redford into the Mustache Hall of Fame uh, as uh, as the Sundance Kid. So uh, he goes alongside um, Henry Fonda from last week and uh, John Carradine from Stagecoach in uh, three of our four movies in Western months have had MHOF inductees. Oh, so I'm there we very... go. The Sundance Kid joins the Mustache Hall of Fame. He certainly does. Well done, Robert. Paul Redford. Newman. Paul Newman does not. Paul Newman is quite nicely clean shaven in this movie. Indeed. So uh, you'd seen this before. Uh, what was it like revisiting it for you? I had forgotten how fun it was. Honestly, I had forgotten how funny it is just to hear. Butch and Sundance talk to each other. They are. It's really the first sort of true buddy film, um, or at least true first true male buddy film. Indeed. Um, because it's just the it's just these two guys on the run from the law throughout the whole thing, and they love each other, but they kind of, you know, they they bust each other's balls quite a bit. Yeah. And it's fun. They have very good chemistry. And, they have exceptional chemistry. Leg, you know, Paul Newman and, and Robert Redford, legendary chemistry that, um, you know, we also see in stuff like The Sting. Um, yeah. But Butch and Sundance is really where they started as a duo. Uh, it is revisited. Like, watching it the first time, I remember being, yeah, okay. This is, it's a western it's quite a, a, a unique western compared to other westerns I may have seen at, at that point. 
considering I was really sort of only watching a lot of spaghetti westerns, or maybe not even a lot of spaghetti westerns, but Where does five the or term so. Spaghetti western come because from? it's because it's European and it's made by Italians. <laughs> it's so weird. It's it's that is literally the the reason, and there are things falling over in this room. So if they were made in Scotland, they'd be haggis them. westerns. Potentially. Um, Look, I don't know. I don't know exactly why they're called spaghetti westerns. I just know they are, and they were made by generally Italian people speaking Italian, Jap- produced by I- Italians. Japan, we could get some sushi westerns. Well, Japan's mm-hmm. westerns are samurai films. Fair enough. Which is where, to be honest, a lot of westerns actually get their ideas from. You look at Seven Samurai and The Magnificent Seven; it's the exact same thing. Just one's eastern and one's western. It's the same thing. Or, or uh, was it Yojimbo? Is uh, is a fistful of dollars, for example? It's the same story. I, I, but one's eastern, one's western. See you with westerns, and your knowledge on westerns is kind of like me with middle grade books. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I, I suppose so. Um, it's a shame. A lot of middle grade books weren't adapted in uh, the post in the pre nineteen seventy world because I'm sure you could offer a, a, an in- an incredible amount of. Now insight. I really want to see a middle grade western. That would be hilarious. A middle grade western. It would it work? Westerns deal with very very mature themes. Uh, for the most part, or very very not necessarily not mature in the sort of risque way, but. Uh, in just in a very adult way, in a very, you need to have a certain level of knowledge of the world and experience of the world to be able to truly grasp what a Western's trying to say, I think. I suppose. And with Butch and Sundance, you know, yes, you you and your best buddy, us two, could be Butch and Sundance if we wanted to. I think you'd definitely be Sundance because you've got the facial hair I'd for it. I'd definitely be. Of course, I'd be Sundance. Quickest drawer in the West, of course. I'm very quick, and you're a, you're a reasonable person. You think things through. You're always coming up with a plan. I don't have a plan. I just you fire the gun quickly and have a nice bit of facial up. hair. That's my that's my goal. We are Butch and Sundance. I've decided. <laughs> we've uh, we've decided. But yeah, I think that's the good thing about this movie is that you can sort of put yourself onto these characters very very easily and it's it's got a it's got layers to it as well because it's set at the time of the west or the wild west coming to an end Mm -hmm. and it's becoming more civilized and thus there are more lawmen around to stop the hole in the wall gang doing what they have always done rob trains rob banks you can't do that anymore because there's just going to be lawmen lawmen there to stop you at every every time because everybody is migrating west and with all that comes more civilization and it's not a good place for outlaws anymore quite similar in that sense to red dead redemption we, too. have we brought red dead redemption up in every episode this month yes we have but it's 
kind of the exact same situation in that video game to this movie. Train robberies. A train robbery goes wrong right at the very start. Butch and Sundance are a bit more likable than whoever the guy in Red Dead 2 is. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. And, you know, because it's a duo as opposed to, like, a full gang. I can see Marston definitely being the Sundance kid. At least in his youth. Yeah. Okay. I see that. Fair enough. Um, But, yeah, I like like that time of when Westerns are set because it makes the characters themselves have more to think about because the world is changing around them uh, to a very la- in a very large way a it's not progressive western mm. yeah it's not you know yes okay situations can change for characters in particular films um but or particular westerns usually it's quite uh, quite closed in quite close to home but this change that happens, you know, that this movie is set in, is nationwide. It is this whole idea of the Wild West is just going away. And all these people just can't, they can't do anything about it. They're just trying to figure out a way of getting around it. And uh, that's very interesting because, you know, going back to my point of that you need a little bit of... Uh, knowledge and and sort of world experience not saying that i'm the most knowledgeable experienced person of all time but i feel like i can understand more uh, in terms of what a western's trying to say than maybe i could when i was like 15 for example um just because I, 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 there are certain things that happen to everyone that um you know, with a world that's changing around you, that 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 always happens. Life changes, uh, for the be- for better or worse, and uh, it's nice to see characters that are going through that as well, right in the middle of this sort of really fun western. Yeah, and I think where this one works for me, where a lot of the other westerns we've talked about haven't, is those two characters and that exact thing. Because when people have been at like at school have been asking me about this month for West for the podcast, mm-hmm. I had to be honest and thinking maybe westerns aren't totally my thing. At least the ones we've talked about mostly. Yeah, but this one definitely is because even though Butch and the Sundance Kid are technically bad guys, mm-hmm. I find them way more likable than like John Wayne and Rio Bravo. Yeah. You find them all. You do find them all way more likable than any of the heroes. I think that's because they're across. not really heroes. They're kind of just no, two friends who just that's look exactly. out for each other. Exactly. That's the that is the exact reason. And the both of them play it so. They play it with a lot of ease. They play. They don't. They look like they're having so much fun, even in the more serious scenes. You can just tell these two guys really got along with each other very very well and like you said before the chemistry is exceptional and it shows and i I like i like that that's why you like it because you found these characters that you can enjoy watching rather than you know the whole whether it's the whole situation or the the actual picture of the film because you admittedly to yourself you know you will admit yourself you're a very character focused person 
I like this is bringing it back to spaghetti westerns as well. The reason I like spaghetti westerns is that they are very stylized and the the actual filmmaking of them, not necessarily the characters, when it's got a good character it helps, sure, but the filmmaking of them is what draws me in. Mm-hmm. Um in, in terms of that, what I like about Butch and Sundance, the movie, is that it feels very modern compared to the other westerns we've covered. And yeah, sure, it's ten years old. It's ten years younger than Rio Bravo, which is the you know youngest western we've we've covered. Um, but there's a whole leap forward in terms of the way this film's made from a technological standpoint that makes it feel it more modern, it makes it feel smoother, it's sort of, uh, you know, the camera isn't static like a lot of the times it is in uh, John Ford's movies. Yeah, I could definitely see which, that. Which work, which works for those movies, but to have a static camera for the most part in a movie like this where the characters in that movie are so vibrant you need that vibrant camera to go with it and the camera does that it's very so it's always dynamic it's always moving around um and yeah i just think it works really well in terms of capturing the essence of this movie uh with the camera i think a lot of thought was put into that so i applaud the movie Give a round of applause to the movie then. Round of appla- round of applause to the movie. Round of applause to Butch and Sundance. Yeah. yeah. And uh, ha- have you seen Robert Redford in any other stuff? Because I've seen him in admittedly very little. I've seen him in this, All the President's Men, and yeah. Winter Soldier, where he was the bad guy. Yeah, and the Sting. Mm-hmm. I'm the same, but yeah, and uh, and the Sting. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not overly knowledgeable of Robert Redford's career. I know he retired um, last year with the old man and the gun. Yes, he did. Uh, I do know he's st- he's still, of course, the uh, founder of the stu- of the Sundance Film Festival, which is is it going on now? It might be. He founded it that. Going, I think. Yeah, that's See, why it's gonna, called Sundance. I was going to draw a link between that. Like, is it the same kind of thing? That's why it's called Sundance. Ah, uh, yeah. It's so uh, it's all it's all to do with Robert Redford. I just want to yeah, see a bunch yeah. of Sundance kid cosplayers show up to the Sundance Film Festival. <laughs> they probably did that when it first uh, started. I, I'd like. I think uh, you should do that if you ever go to Sundance, dress as the Sundance kid, and see what everybody says. See if see if the people there actually know why you're dressed like that. That's because that'll show you. That'll show you who truly cares. That'll show you who cares. I reckon if I did that and Scott Mance was there, he would definitely recognise it. <laughs> yeah. He'd be ecstatic. Oh, the noise. The volume. The volume of, of the wonderful Scott Mance is unparalleled by anyone. No one matches his volume. But you mentioned something earlier that I kind of want to get onto. Was Could this be considered one of the first, like, I don't want to say buddy cop film, but maybe like gave inspiration to that because that's a really popular yeah. genre. De- no, definitely. I think it absolutely does. I think it's the first one of that whole idea. I've never seen a buddy cop movie like this that I've not liked. It's easy to like them because, except especially m- as, except maybe 
maybe some of the rush hours, which aren't don't hold up very well. Yeah. Okay, but especially I feel as you know, watching buddy movies as 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 male human beings, uh, because most buddy movies are male centered. So watching them as a male human being, not a, and you know, female human being or anything else, you it's easier to impart yourself on these people and therefore easier for you to like them. It's all about male friendship, really. That's like it's all, your it, lethal it's, it's weapons. It's all about male your friendship. Twenty-one Jump Street—they've all got that in common. Exactly, and we are both males, and we have both had friends in the past and currently and will in the future so it's just it's 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 easy in that way you can see why a lot of buddy films get made um because it's it's okay so there's a (laughs) hollywood is made by men that's okay i mean it's not but if you there's a lot and it's it's there shouldn't be and female filmmakers and female producers have been editors, uh, everything have been around since the very early days. But ultimately, a lot of the power in Hollywood throughout its existence has been from men. And guess who makes the decisions? It's the people in power. So they make decisions to make buddy movies a lot of the time about men. Okay, so it's easier for, for 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 men to watch that and like them and then the next week go to the cinema again and watch essentially the same movie but with com- to but with a, you know a completely different scenario but it's still a buddy movie. I mean they always make a, a lot of money or at least get critical acclaim. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of good buddy movies out there and there's of of course there's a lot of uh wonderful movies about female friendship as well and everything like that i am thinking more so now i'm thinking like Thelma and Louise, and Louise, that be. kind of stuff exactly Thelma Louise is perfect buddy movie and uh, a very necessary buddy movie um as i often say it's a shame that um you know, it's a shame that there's not more of the of those type of uh, stuff going further back, so we could cover them on the show. Um, but I suppose we could dig, we could find some out, and we could cover them. I'm sure they'll 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 be there. They'll definitely be there. So uh, we should probably we should probably do that. Yeah. Because I'd be very interested to see. It's uh, it it'd also make for a, a bit of a more interesting discussion than. Something like this, which yes, okay, it's the sort of pinnacle of, or the or the or the starting point of the buddy film, this movie we're covering now, but uh, I'm sure there's a lot of more that uh, have more cultural intrigue to them, um, rather than just a a, a a fairly simple story about these two characters trying to do what the think is uh, is correct as they go on the run from the law and it eventually catches up with them as it often tends to do yeah and then you get that sort of fun like 
that I've mentioned this before, that sort of Greek mythology storyline structure where they run into one problem after another, and that's the story. And they run into quite a few problems here. Loads of they them. Do. Train robberies. They do. People getting blown up and shot. But yeah. uh, the thing that keeps it going for me is, honestly, I anything could be happening on screen as long as you see these two characters commenting about it. It's going to be yeah. fun to watch. Yeah, it, they are they are the standout elements of this movie, and yeah, before like I said, I think it's it was it's made really well and it's shot really well, but if if Paul Newman and and Robert Redford don't work as well as they do, then this is a perfectly generic western, and um, what they're able to do is elevate the movie to this sort of very very well-renowned status and rightly so because few fewer uh, pairings of um of male friends have ever had such wonderful chemistry yeah uh, if if any to be honest that i can think of off the top of my head um these two really take the take the prize for me. Uh, I mean, it works because they're sort of opposite from one another, but they also kind of have a lot of similarities. That's usually if you, if you have a buddy cop movie where they're too alike or they're too far apart, it doesn't work at yeah. all. Like a too far apart example for me is Rush Hour. Yeah, but again, it, it's you could think of it this way: it's like. Uh, lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon, they at least have some similarities. Leith- but Lethal Weapon, they are, you know, Paul Newman's Danny Glover and Robert Redford's Mel Gibson. I hope Robert Redford is a better man than Mel Gibson. I'm sure he... No, no definitely Robert Redford is a perfectly nice gentleman. Uh, Mel Gibson, think of what you want about Mel Gibson. Um, the closest I could compare yeah, the, these to a modern day buddy would be Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. They're sort of similar, but they're different enough that it creates good intrigue. They are, but also I don't think that either of those two have the same sort of... It's not quite the same differences with um, with Paul Newman and Redford or... Or even Danny Glover and, and, and Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon. Because with like Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill, it's like one of them's very funny and gets himself into situations, and one of them is the big action star. Yeah. But but, but, with, but like these guys, they have great chemistry as well. They do. They do. And it's always it's nice to see movies like this because they are very they're always very, very enjoyable. It's probably the most enjoyable of the four we've covered this month. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably also the more. Uh, I'm not gonna say easiest to watch, but it feels most. It feels more pleasant while you're watching, which I guess is the same as it just being enjoyable. I think it's the most involved I've ever felt this month. Okay. Okay, why do you think that is? It's it's the chemistry of the characters. It's if, the char- if you it's have two the characters that have good chemistry, I'm going to be on board with them no matter what they're doing. They could okay. be going to like a fucking factory and I would still be on board with it. So there's a difference to this and um, 
last week with Henry Fonda and his other brothers in in My Darling Clementine, you think? Because they had chemistry. They had very good chemistry. They had chemistry, well, but the movie really wasn't designed on that chemistry. Okay. Not not on the same level as this. Okay. Rio Bravo, I mean, John Wayne just wants to be like the guy with the biggest dick in the room. Yes, he does. Stagecoach, it's kind of a it's an ensemble piece more so than a buddy yeah. cop thing. Yeah. Okay. That's no, that's fair. I think we need to find some more westerns similar to uh similar to Butch and Sundance for you to enjoy then. Um because this seems like or maybe just find a western where there's two people that really sort of get on with each other and form a nice partnership because that might be what you're into in terms of uh in terms of the genre of westerns and that's I think that you know that's why we've that's why we've done this month that's why we've done this genre month we find these slightly different variations in 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 the whole western genre and you've found a little subgenre that you like within that and that's perfect thank fuck because i didn't want to be negative about any more westerns <laughs> well no no of course not i mean y- you picked a very fun one yeah. fortunately for you you picked a a very fun one i mean you could have picked something like once upon a time in the west which is a, a phenomenally well-made movie not the happiest piece you're ever likely to see if it's anything like Once Upon a Time in America, I can see where you're coming from. <laughs> well, it is made by the same guy. Uh, so, yeah. It's probably... Yeah, it's quite... I love Once Upon a Time in America as well. Oh, what a movie that is. Um, so long. Oh, yeah. All, oh, I felt... All I three felt, hours, 50 I minutes of it. I felt that length, trust me. Yes. Yes. Uh, um, little throwback there for you guys who know the trivia. So, it's a huge throwback. That's a big, long throwback, and I love it. Um, but yeah, you don't feel the length in this movie, though. No, it's because pretty it's, breezy. It's a nice, pretty fun. It's a nice hour fifty. Um, it's paced really well, I think. Uh, the the little bit of little bit of romance that's in there is nice as well. Remind it's, me what the woman's name was. It was like Etta or something like that. Oh, I, I don't kn- actually know. I know she's played by Catherine Ross. I know it started with E that that much. I just I was just referring to her as Catherine Ross throughout the whole movie. So forgive me there, but uh, don't worry. I shall I, find it, out the name of the character. It's Etta definitely Place. Etta Place. Oh, so it is Etta. Okay, who was so actually a real per- who was a real person actually. Well, yeah, I mean, all of the all su- of all of these people are real. Yeah, we forgot to mention that the Sundance Kid was a real dude. Well, yeah, th- I mean, they tell you right at the start after the, I've, actually, the, the opening credits. That's just reminded me. The opening credits are really cool because it shows a. Yeah, it's like a newsreel like a little, kind of thing. A li- yeah, a little silent film of, of the uh, the hole in the wall gang, going about their outlawish ways, just. Uh, and then the opening credits are just next to that, and it's kind of, it's kind of really cool. But yeah, then it just says most of what follows is true. And, and uh, did uh, you enjoy the moment halfway through where it was like the world's longest photo montage? Yes, I did. When they went on holiday to New York, oh. it's the best. 
Uh, he wanted to get away from it all. So let's have a yeah, let's have a photo montage right now of Butch and Sundance rowing a boat on Central Park. <laughs> it's really fun. Going it's through really the tunnel fun. of love. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love it. I'm I'm now shipping them together. Understandable. <laughs> Understand. I'm not sure that's what George Roy Hill and uh, it's probably his not team what happened in real life. Going but fuck for. It. It's probably not what happened in in real life. Um, but yeah, you know, you can think of think of Butch and Sundance. I'm sure you could create. I'm sure there's there is some Butch and Sundance weird fanfic out there that you can find. I'm sure there is. I'm almost certain of it. Oh, there must be. Um, although it might be... I wouldn't think it would have been written by someone who's a huge fan of Westerns. Probably not. Because they probably like the integrity of a Western. I mean, this movie was um, released in 1969, so it could happen. <laughs> if you want to be that lewd about it, yeah, sure. <laughs> but uh, oh, yeah, it's 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 good as well because it's really it's released right in that period where Hollywood was changing, mm-hmm. and I think that that helps it as well. I think that gives it more freedom to be what it wants to be, as opposed to the other westerns we've covered. Um, it gives everyone more freedom in in that. Um, yeah, I like that. I think it was it was everything just came together nicely for this film to do so well. Uh, for you know, for the for all these decades since it came out, people still talk about Butch and Sundance as a wonderful, wonderful film, and rightly so. But everything seemed together. The the era it was set in, in terms of a changing time, and thus mirroring the changing time in Hollywood at that point. I really like that because it's a bit of a it's a nice little bit you can you can look into a the uh what George d- the director George Roy Hill was maybe trying to say uh, a little bit about the way his world was changing of course from going from the studio system of old Hollywood to the more independent focused nineteen seventies, um, so that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And you can also look at it in terms of that as needing to stick together with friends throughout thick and thin. Yeah, through through these times of changes, which is also a really is a really powerful thing to say. Yeah, it, it really if puts the friendship at the focus. Picture. Like even like towards the end, they all want to go to Bolivia. Because they think that's yeah. like a robber's paradise, essentially. Yeah. I mean, I'm not quite sure. I've never been to Bolivia. I don't know what goes on it's in, in Bolivia. It's really. in South America, so it I is imagine in South there's America. a lot of, like, I don't know, maybe Cuban cigar places they could rob. Would there be... I don't think there'd be many Cuban cigars in Bolivia. It's usually in Cuba. Yeah, but I'm just in South <laughs> America. Yeah. <laughs> I associate stereotypes you have of South America. Just cigars. People people sat around smoking cigars. That's just all of South America. And uh, and playing football. They love football. And playing. They do like football. Although the Bolivians don't have the most notable of footballing histories. Um, 
In fact, I couldn't tell you a single Bolivian football player. Mm, that must be a first. Off the top for you. of my head. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know what goes on in Bolivia. Maybe Butch and Sundance are still there. Quite possibly, but um, still there, still alive. I don't know how they'd still be alive, considering this movie is set in the real world in the late 1890s. But uh, they might be 160. Who knows? Yeah, and it's pretty fun that um, Etta becomes a robber along with them, and then they become a cute little team. Yeah, called it is. I love this name. Los Bandidos Yanquis. <laughs> I just love that name. It's fun to say. Well, they're in South. They're in South America. Mm-hmm. They have to have some sort of Spanish-sounding name. Some sort of. I don't even know what, what does that translate to. The something bandits. <laughs> something like that. It will be the something bandits. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know Spanish. And the sorry. The tragedy in it is that they kind of want to go straight, but they realize. There's really no way for them to do that. Yeah, they're they're too far into it. Yeah, and uh, they're too far into it, but they're together. So ultimately, they just kind of the them sticking together is more important to them than you know not being criminals. For me, the tragedy was Butch having to shoot someone because he had no choice. Yeah, and he he has never shot a person in his life until now. Yeah, because he left it all to Sundance. Yeah, so that that's a pretty I, cool character moment. I really like the uh, the little fight that Butch gets into towards the beginning. Oh yeah, that's really fun. That one gang member, I think his name's Harvey. And you, and you have that guy telling the news as well. Yeah, you have the guy telling the news. Um, but Butch just uh, he he doesn't want to fight this dude. Um. But he his reasoning behind it is like, well, you've been gone for so long, Butch. This gang's mine now. It's like classic, no, it's classic not. Western tropes there. Yeah, it's like no, it's not though, is it? Um, Piss off, mate. So, it's my gang. So, Go away. So what does Butch do? He just he just walks up to him, um, kicks him in the nuts, and then punches him. <laughs> like well done, well done, Butch. Pleased about that. Because him and uh, him and Sundance have, they just do it so well. And they manipulate they, they manip they manipulate the situation slightly, and the other guy doesn't stand a chance, even though he's the one holding the gun. Yeah, and the humor works really well too. It does. It works very very well, and it works well throughout. Again, a humorous moment. The whole "I can't swim" <laughs> situation. Oh, yeah. When they're stuck on a cliff, and they're stuck on a and they have to jump. They can't jump, and they're just in. Sundance is just shouting at him. It's like we're not jumping, we're not jumping. It's like just jump. It's like I can't swim, and then he just starts laughing. It's really fun. I relate to that too. I'm both afraid of heights and of water. Can you swim though? Surely I can swim, but I hate yeah, water. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of going in the water either, but. uh yeah, okay, sure. To jump from that height is extreme, but in that situation, it's a nice moment of levity when Butch just starts laughing his head off because Sundance has just shrugged to him that he can't swim. I'm always freaked out when I see people cliff jumping because I keep imagining, like, what if it's a shallow bit at the bottom? I think people 
I think people figure out what they're doing beforehand. I don't think anybody walks up to at the edge of a cliff and just jumps off. For for for, you know, if they're a cliff jumper, they go and search out the the actual body of water that they're jumping into first, just to see if it's safe. because right, nobody it, nobody wants that sort of death. No, 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 pretty fucking bad death. It's a it's an awful way to go. But uh, that's not how Butch and Sundance go. Nah, they go... Um, well, we don't know. We don't know. And there's the mystery. Yeah, well, at least at the end of this movie, they get ambushed by these bandits. They get the whole classic shootout thing. And this shootout, I was on board yeah. with watching. It was really fun shootout. Oh, yeah. And then it, it kind of just ends with them guns blazing and heading out to whatever adventure they're going to get to next. It is a fun shootout, and the... The law has chased them down. It's chased them all the way down to Bolivia. Um, so, yeah, okay. Uh, they, you can't get away from it. Chases them to this town. They hold off for a long, long time. They've been shot a couple of times. They're, they're kind of they're bloodied up quite a bit. But they just have that sort of last little moment of, well, if we're going out, we're going out together. And that's what matters to them more than anything else at that point, which is a really kind of it's a really powerful message about friendship. Don't give up on your friends regardless uh or don't give up on your true friends regardless of the situation. Nice little western um, bromance. A nice little western bromance. But yeah, the, the the you know, the army basically turns up in the end. The and there's there's hundreds of people there. And just butch and Sundance ready. And they just charge out and you get the freeze frame. And you hear a few gunshots after the freeze frame. But then basically... And you just... The the movie just ends. You are left wondering, did butch and Sundance make it? Who knows? Hmm. Who knows, Nolan? Probably not. Is, is Paul Newman still alive? Paul Newman died, I think, in 2008. Ah, uh, Robert Redford's still alive. Robert Redford is still alive, yes. Most of our audience will know him as Suited Man in Captain America the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, hail, hail Hydra, Robert Redford. Hail Hydra. The Sundance Kid was a Hydra member. That is hilarious. Now there's a theory we can go into. Is the Sundance Kid a member of Hydra? Who knows? Probably not. Um, is the real-life Sundance Kid a member of fictional uh, comic book villain outlet and weird representation of Nazism, Hydra? Uh, no, no, he isn't. He isn't. Just because he's played by the same... He isn't. It's not a big, wild conspiracy. Yeah, and uh, some. We've, I think we're at the trivia end now. I just found something pretty fun. Okay, shoot. Recently Academy Award nominated actor Sam Elliott. This was his film debut. Sam Elliott is in this movie? Apparently, you don't see his face, but he's in the movie. Ooh. He might have been an extra or something. Sam Elliott's. Sam Elliott should always be what we picture Sam Elliott as. Mr. Mustache? Yeah, I would not like to see a fresh-faced Sam Elliott, because that's just wrong. He's recently been nominated for A Star is Born, and is 
going. Was he? Yeah, he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor a couple of days ago. Fair enough. I don't think I paid that much attention to the Best Supporting Actor nominations. Fair enough, Sam Elliott, well done. Yeah. Do like Sam Elliott, and if uh, if and when we ever do a Sam Elliott movie, you can damn be sure he's going into such a, you know, that, that certain hall we have of... Of moustaches. Um, famous moustaches. And this is a nice bit of trivia here. Uh, Paul Newman had a charity for kids with medical conditions, and he named it the Hole in the Wall Camp. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Everybody na- These two name their uh, name their organisations after this movie. And uh, we can't I not like talk about uh, the moment in this movie that reminded me of Spider-Man 2, with raindrops keep falling on my head. For goodness sake, it reminded you of Spider-Man 2. That's what I associate that song with. This is a, That was a song wrote for this movie. <laughs> that, it won Best Original Song in for the year, for 1969. I saw it first um, in Spider-Man 2. Bert Bacharach wrote it. can't remember the guy who sings it, but I uh, know it was Bert Bacharach who wrote it. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a really sweet scene. All that, that's just Paul Sh- Paul Newman showing off his cycling skills, and they're actually quite impressive. I mean, I'm, I don't I'm how, terrible at cycling. I don't know how he does some of that stuff that he manages to do on that bicycle. But uh, I would fall off instantly, and mind you, I haven't been on a on a bike for a good few years. Um, but I would not be able to do any of that stuff. I can tell you that right now. No. So, kudos to Paul Newman and his his cycle training. If he if he went on any cycle training, which he probably didn't, because they probably didn't have a bicycle trainer on set. That was a extravagant luxury expense. And uh, this movie was also the film that motivated a young David Fincher into becoming a director. That seems weird. Mm. Where does what what inspiration does David Fincher get from Butchins on that? David Fincher's never made a fun movie in his life. I don't know. It, it might have just been the thing that said, you know what? I want to make movies now. Well, I suppose that's fair. You can't fault him for that, and it's understandable. It's a really well-made movie. It's a really well-acted movie. It's a movie that says way more than you may first realize. It says. In terms of the uh, the changing landscape of Hollywood, reflecting the changing landscape of the Old West. Um, in terms of friendship and sticking together with your true friends, no matter what may, uh, no matter what situation you may find yourself in. And uh, but I think ultimately, it is pure, fun, entertaining viewing. You know who would agree with that? Many, many people. Including, um, I would agree with it, but, uh, you know, a British icon, a one Jeremy Clarkson, says this is his favourite movie of all time. Well, that makes me like it less. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of his either. Don't worry, I'm right there with you. you. Do you consider Jeremy Clarkson a British icon? I mean, he's one of them, but I don't like him. He's a British icon in the same sense that Piers Morgan is a British icon. 
but not maybe not quite as bad. For our American audience, um, Jeremy Clarkson is. is they know who both of them are. Jeremy Clarkson me. is a com- is basically Pierce Morgan, but cars. Yeah, but I'm sure people know who Jeremy Clarkson is from, you know, the Grand Tour on Amazon because people have watched that. Um, people know who Jeremy Clarkson is. Fairly sure. People definitely know who Piers Morgan is. Well, he makes sure people know who he is. <sighs> we don't. We don't like. Imagine Piers those Morgan. two. Imagine those two in a buddy movie. Oh, it'd be the most. What would they be doing? Like berating the poor <laughs> over a pint <laughs> and a Chinese Probably. takeaway. <laughs> 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 Uh, that's probably exactly what they'd be doing. It would not be a very good movie. No, and Dustin, I would and not Dustin watch Hoffman it. was considered for the role of Butch Cassidy before Paul Newman, hmm. which is fair enough. But I think Dustin Hoffman's kind of—he's a different kind of actor to Paul Newman. Dustin Hoffman is, well, obviously he's—he's he's naturally a, a smaller guy. He, I think, he does better playing. More. He, he he does better playing not as calm and reserved people that Paul Newman plays, or Paul Newman played. Like in terms of Butch and Sundance, Dustin Hoffman almost works better for me as Sundance than as Butch. Yeah, I I would agree with that too, and I think that's more or less gonna get to us wrapping it up so yeah i'd I'd say so i think we've said all that needs to be uh said we've we've finished western month on a big high which is always nice um i have imagine if we'd finished this on rio bravo (laughs) well you would have been most disappointed um let's not forget that you are the one who picked rio bravo i know and i have no idea i have no idea what we're gonna do uh next week but it won't be a western so there is that to look forward to if you don't like westerns don't worry there won't be any westerns for a bit because we've just had the month of westerns we wanted to talk about westerns and i'm glad that we found four very different westerns three of which we liked very much mm-hmm. uh this one of course would be i'd fairly convinced in saying this one was your favourite of the four. Definitely. It, it would go this, Stagecoach, Clementine, then Rio Bravo. What if you put High Noon into that equation? High Noon would come in second. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Still think High Noon's my favourite. Still almost think my darling Clementine's number two for me in that. Then Butch and Sundance. Then stagecoach, and yeah, Rio Bravo. Not that, no, as we, as I said in in the Rio Bravo uh, episode, not that Rio Bravo is a badly made film. It's just it's got its own weird things it's trying to say, and I just think all the others say have much better messages to them, and certainly this one does. <laughs> um, wonderful wonderful messages to them but yeah to wrap us up of western month it's been a nice first month of 2019 to uh i can't believe the first d- month of 2019 is nearly over it, it is 
It is. We're going into February. And uh, as we said uh, last week, if you didn't get a chance to check out the episode, um, we are preparing ourselves for Musical March, which uh, is going to be our next genre month. So you have all of February, which can be any movie we want, and then March, we're doing four musicals. Uh, which I, I mean, I have my ideas of what I want to do. I have both of my ideas already. I'm not going to say them, but I might tell you after we're done recording. That's a good idea because I, but, I haven't, um, I haven't thought about mine yet because I've been busy with schoolwork. Of course, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. But no, I, d- I mean, I don't know what we're even doing next week. I haven't even thought about that. But of course, everyone will know. In. Uh, Everyone will know once, uh, once, once next week, once next, once the uh, the next episode, uh, once it comes out. But Nolan, anything else you want to say about Butch and Sundance before we start to wrap this up? If I was to ever consider writing a western, this would be the one that I would look to for inspiration. That's a good. Uh, so I, I like it that a nice much. Nice little wrap up. I said that yeah. That's a nice little wrap up there. Um, yeah, what else should we talk about? Well, what's what been else should we talk about? Like week? week? Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the the I mean the the Oscar nominations sure have come out. Do we care? No. Um, I, I, I'm gonna watch the ceremony, but here's my little thing for the Oscars. I don't give a just f- wanna... I don't give a fuck who the winner is. The Oscars for See, me I... is about celebrating a range of different movies and different performances. Yeah. That's what I watch it for. I couldn't care less who gets the trophy. If it's a movie I like that gets the trophy, then it's a bonus, but it's not a requirement for me to like the ceremony. No, I um I think I to be honest, I do I, I do like knowing who wins. I, I do care to a point who who wins the Oscars. Um like certain things getting nominated and not getting nominated I think that's the almost the more interesting discussion this has been one of the weaker years for the nominations yeah I mean I, th- I look at the nominations for best picture and like I think I've only seen like four of them and I refuse to see two of them refuse to see two of them well I can I, I know what one of them is what's another one uh, I, I, I don't want to see green book or Vice. No. They're not really my thing. Okay, so it was Vice. I know you... Uh... Okay. Uh, but, okay. But Black Klansman, Black Panther, A Star is Born. Black Klansman was great. And I've heard Roma's pretty good, but I haven't seen it yet. Black Klansman was great. No, I mean, whatever whatever wins, I'm sure will deserve to win. In every category, that is. Unless, of course, there's something stupid that happens. I figured Black and, Klansman um, would get nominated. That's a damn good movie. Black Klansman's a really good movie. Black Klansman is up there with my favourites of the movie, of the year, I should say. And um, to be honest, I haven't seen as much as I would have wanted to this year in terms of new movies, but uh, that's definitely up there. The Star is Born I liked a lot, but I barely remember it. (laughs) That's not very good. Well, I mean, it's pretty much the same as all the other Star is Born. Of course it is. It's the performances that make that good. I'm quite happy for most of the actors that were nominated for Best Actor. Yeah. I I was hoping that Michael B. Jordan was going to get one for Killmonger. 
but that didn't happen. I think that would have been... I could understand why he would, absolutely. I think that would have been... But who again? It's the it's the conversation of who do you get rid of? Let me look at who's nominated for supporting. Who do you get? Okay, let's 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 end let's end the episode talking about the best supporting actor category here. And because uh, we because we're at risk of going way too way too long if we stack it in into every category. So let's keep it nice. Oh, I hope Spider Verse wins for animated feature. I'm sure Spider Verse is going to win for animated feature. Who else is nominated for supporting actor? Let's get a look here. Um, Richard E. Grant for "Can You Ever Forgive Me?" Who I've heard is great. He's I've heard he's good in that too. Uh, Sam Rockwell for Vice, sure. Right. Uh, Adam Driver for Black Klansman, fair enough. He was pretty good yeah. in that. Yeah. And Mahershala Ali for Green Book. Right. Okay. Uh, I'd get rid of uh, Rockwell you... and put in Michael B. You... Jordan. Because yeah, okay. Sam Rockwell already got his Oscar last year. Yeah. Oh, I've I've also heard people say that Steve Carell is actually better in Vice than Sam Rockwell is. I'm sure that's true. Um. So I don't really know because I haven't seen Vice. You see. And uh, so I don't. Know. People have been telling me to watch The Favorite, but it looks really weird. Oh yeah, I yeah I I really want to see The Favorite. Before the ceremony, um, I feel like I really have to. It looks very weird and very my kind of weird. Um, and, uh, and because it's the Academy, they had to nominate something called Cold War, which I'm pretty sure no one else has heard of. No, it was the I don't first I heard is. of when it was getting nominated. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is at all. Nobody knows what it is. Where's it been? No one knows. Uh, but yeah. Uh, speaking of okay, let's end on this. Speaking of the favorite, actually, I think Olivia Coleman might win the Best Actress. That's very possible. I'd be all right with that. I really think she might, even though I haven't seen the movie. Just from what has been going on with other award ceremonies and with the other people that are in that category, I think she might. I think she might have that, which would be nice to see, to be honest. Yep. Um. So and it just makes me want to watch the watch the favorite more. So yeah, um, I was quite surprised uh, to see um, Nolan. We're gonna risk going ridiculous if we get into every single I, category. I know, but um, <laughs> it, it it's weird to me that uh, Black Panther was nominated for Best Picture and Ryan Coogler wasn't nominated for Best Director. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. Although the Best Picture has up to ten nominations, and I don't think anything else does. Yep, and sadly, so, I've not seen if Beale Street could talk yet because UK film releases. No, I know, always right? Late. I know, right? It's ridiculous. Uh, it's what makes award season hard if you don't live in the US. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I think that's Butch it. Cassidy and the Sundance Kid won an Oscar for Best Original Song, as I said before, for Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head guys thank you as always for listening to episode good lord nolan this is episode 40 of it's a wonderful podcast sweet it's um, time for the podcast to grow a mustache and join the mustache <laughs> hall of fame yes the podcast itself is in the mustache hall of fame how perfectly acceptable and reasonable and i'm about it 
But yes, thank you guys for listening. As always, Western Month has been very fun. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all major podcasting uh, services. It, it, we host it on Podbean if you want to go directly there and listen to it. Or, uh, yeah, you'll find it on uh, on wherever you listen to podcasts. Just type in It's a Wonderful Podcast. Download the show, subscribe to the feed, and leave us a nice five-star review. And we will see it eventually. We will see it and read your, uh, read it out on the show with a big, huge, nice thank you and the fact that we love you because you are very nice to us. And if that made no sense, it wasn't supposed to. So, there you go. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One with a number one. Follow me on Twitter at The Purple Dome with a three instead of the E in the, because three is the magic number. Or on Instagram at The Purple Dome with no three, because Instagram likes me and Twitter doesn't like me. Who knows, Nolan? Where can the good listeners who most generously listen to this show i'm very being very nice to people today um where can they find you they can find me at nolan dean 27 or on instagram at the life and times of nolan dean yeah um, or watching butch cassidy again or butch watching butch, butch cassidy butch again cassidy butchy butch 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 i've gone insane it's probably a good idea that we are wrapping up guys well as i said before Thank you very much for listening to episode 40. Episode 41 is coming same time next Friday. What will it be? Who the hell knows? You'll have to find out and subscribe to the podcast feed. Yay. Just shameless plug-in. Absolutely shameless. Nolan, see us out before I grow more shame. Well, with shame, let's you and me jump in that river. Bye, guys. Bye.